We just spoke with the mayor, John Tory, about the uh, cuts to Toronto Public Health. He had some things to say and some requests, and go figure. We have the health minister, Christine Elliott, on the line right now. Christine, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks, Kelly. Good thanks morning for, to you. Thanks for being here. So I want to uh, just get into something John Tory said. You know, there's this back and forth going on about when uh, the Toronto Public Health uh, were alerted to the fact that there'd be cutbacks. Uh, you said um, that, you know, you guys reached out on Monday. They said, well, they found out on Thursday. John Tory kind of meets in the middle and said, yeah, we kind of found out on Monday. It was a quick call um, with very little details. Then Thursday, we had a larger consultation. But what he wants is something that seems quite basic. Here's the mayor. I think the best thing we could have for starters would be a letter, which we've never received, no matter what they say about who knew what when, a letter that said exactly what's going to go on here and exactly the magnitude of the cutbacks. Because one thing we're sure of, Kelly, there are cutbacks happening. They're big. They're tens of millions of dollars every year for the next number of years. I think we can agree that that seems reasonable. Does the province have a, a letter in mind that they're going to be sending all of the details to the city uh, regarding the cuts to Toronto Public Health? And when will that letter arrive, if so? Well, there, there have been discussions already between my office and, uh, and the mayor's office, and uh, with, there will be further details coming in writing as time goes on, but we really want to work with all of the municipalities and, and especially uh, the city of Toronto to make sure that um, people's public health needs are being met, and I, I do find um, I'm, I'm disappointed with Councillor Cressy's comments that seem to be really unnecessarily frightening people because... About people are going to die. That's right. You know, things are still going to continue. The vaccinations will still happen. Breakfast clubs will still happen. That's actually funded from a different ministry, not even from the Ministry of Health. Uh, so we want to sit down and make sure that we can figure out how to modernize the public health system in the City of Toronto, as with other public health departments across the province. And we, we want to make sure that we do our part as well. So as we are making changes over the next three years, we are also going to upload some of the bigger picture issues that individual health units won't need to deal with. So eating nutritiously and exercising, not smoking too much or not smoking, period, I should say, um, not drinking, taking, you know, the use of cannabis and so on. All of those things can be done at a provincial level, which should give individual health units more funds to deal with their own individual needs based on their local situation. All this started out with uh, the talk of a letter, so I might be reading into it, but it seems to me that there's no, uh, you you probably aren't committing to a letter right now because the details are still being worked out. Is that fair to say? Uh, the details are, we have already made the determination and we are happy to provide them the details in writing, but I would say that there have been conversations uh, over the last uh, several days, in fact, over the last week. So they, we uh, very much want to um, work with the City of Toronto to find a solution that's going to uh, work for the people of the city and make sure that their public health needs will continue to be met. I want to let you off the hot seat now, because the real reason I reached out to you was I love to travel. And I, uh, you know, Chris came in and said, oh, you got to see this. Uh, OHIP is is uh, going to be they're going to be making some changes for out of country travelers. So, could you give us the details on what kind of cuts you're making to OHIP? Sure. Well, this is a the out of country travelers program has uh, proven to be um, an an ineffective program overall that spends far too much on administrative costs. 
And what we've heard from a number of stakeholders is that uh, because it only provides about five cents of, of, of every claim that comes in, it's really um, giving people an inadequate um, sense of confidence in the quality of the of the program and the coverage that they'll get and in it also costs a huge amount to administer so it costs about um, 2.8 million dollars a year to administer about 9 million dollars in claim payments so if you take a look at that compared with um, people that get out of country approval for medical procedures that they cannot receive in Ontario or Canada, that costs about uh, $4.2 million a year to pay for about $200 million a year. So you can see that a huge amount of money was spent on the administrative burden to provide not really very good coverage at all. Okay, so. you're talking in political speak. I need the uh, the nitty-gritty for the average human uh, like myself. I want to know exactly, when you said we, we only get like five cents of the claim, are you saying that people are claiming for things that aren't exactly covered in out-of-country uh, travelers program? Yes, the maximum amount that people can claim under this coverage is about $400. And as we know, if you're admitted to a hospital in the United States, for example, it can be $10,000 a day. Well, wouldn't that $400 help, though, at least? Uh, Not for most people when they mistakenly assume that they're going to be covered for everything. Okay, but $400 is $400 at the end of the day. I don't know how much you make, Christine, and I'm obviously tongue-in-cheek there, but um, 400 bucks. Like, if I found out I was in an American hospital, you want to get home as quickly as possible, but that 400 bucks is still going to be helpful. Uh, not in terms of the overall cost. And what, what we have to take a look at in government is how much it costs to administer this program. When you're spending a third of the amount just on administrative costs, it tells me that it's not an effective program and that there's other things that that can be done. What we are encouraging people to do is to buy their own insurance coverage to make sure they will be fully covered in the event that something happens to them while they are out of the country. And you can't find any efficiencies in administration costs? Not in this program, no, unfortunately. Why only six days to weigh in? And it seems like you've already made up your mind, but I know that the government's given the public six days to weigh in on this. Yes. Well, it, we, of course, wait to hear from people, but what we've heard so far from uh, stakeholders and people that we've consulted with is that um, they are concerned that people are having getting, given a false sense of security about what coverage they will receive. And I don't think that's fair. I think we need to be upfront with people, and we need to encourage them to, to buy that coverage to make sure they are fully covered in the event that something does happen to them. And, and Unfortunately, so instead of giving us a false sense of security, just give us no security. Well, I think it's important to be uh, truthful with people about these programs, and if it's only going to cover four hundred dollars out of a ten or twenty thousand dollar claim, I think we need to to say that. When will this change uh, take effect? Uh, well, we've posted the regulation. We still have to wait for to receive comments on that, and then there will be a period of review following that, and uh, we'll see what people have to say. My comment is $400 is $400, for what All it's right. worth. Duly recorded. <laughs> Christine, uh, thank you so much for being here. I know sometimes I ask uh, some tough questions, put you up against a wall. I, I feel that that's my job when I'm talking for people that you know are in their cars and don't have the ability to ask the tough questions. So thanks for being patient with me, and thanks for, at least although we're disagreeing, supplying me with some information. Well, my pleasure, Kelly. All right, have a great yeah, afternoon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Do you think she means any time? Do you think she'll be coming back? Is that a bit tough there? Hey, listen, I think 400 bucks is 400 bucks.
So if it's $10,000, at least I get 400 bucks back. To me, that's a good thing. So because we think, because we're in this false sense of security that we're covered wherever we go, that we, it's better not to cover us at all? I don't, I don't understand that rationale. It, it would have been, I guess it, it would be interesting to see the books to see how they weren't able to find the efficiencies ra- rather than uh, closing, closing it down entirely, maybe funneling it into another section of the bureaucracy or something and letting some people go, letting some of the paperwork slide or disappear. But I do sort of get if we're spending more money than we're getting value for and you're not getting coverage and then everyone everyone that I know thinks that they're getting covered when they're traveling and they think don't worry I'm I'm Canadian every I'm bulletproof now that I'm abroad so if it encourages people to go and make sure they're getting covered and then those people are 100% covered anyway by whatever they're purchasing from blue cross or whatever then they're going to be better served anyway. Well, I mean, I'm selfish because I'm, I I love to travel, right? And I also, you know, I have a travel visa, so I've got some coverage there. And then the OHIP would top it up, hopefully. Um, but, you know, I guess that is an interesting question that that comes to mind here is why should we pay for people to travel? You know, should that be something that, you know, the province pays for, mm-hmm. you know, that you're covered in that situation? Luxury. It is a bit of a luxury. So... Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on and get your thoughts on that now that you know um, the details. Although I'm still sketch on the details. Is it, is it me or the Doug Ford government? And maybe it's just every government that comes into power doesn't really want to release the full on details. Like we have to get investigative reporters to dive deep on this, which doesn't inspire a lot of confidence w- when you're talking about, you know, trying to get to the heart of, of where they're coming from as far as the cuts go. I want to know numbers.